He's an excellent teacher, great speaker, good friend of mine, businessman, and man of God. He wasn't always that way. He has a testimony, too, anyway. So we're in for a treat today. Greg Madden is coming to bring us the word. Come right on, brother. Good morning. Good to see you all here on this day. For those who may not know me, this is my beautiful wife, Stephanie, the red, white, and blue one on the front row there. It's just good to see you all here this morning. It's a blessing to be able to speak to my home church. You know, for a lot of us, this holiday weekend, it's become a time we celebrate many different ways. For some, it's going to be time spent with family or friends, maybe grilling hot dogs or hamburgers. For others, that extra day off, it might be a chance to get away for a long weekend. Might be a chance to spend time on the lake, boating, fishing, whatever you do. Some see it as a chance to hit the many Memorial Day cells, so guard your wallet, guys. But for us, we chose to come here this morning to be together with our brothers and sisters and to worship our Heavenly Father. Is that right? The point is, all these things I've just mentioned They're choices, aren't they? They're choices. In this country, we have the freedom to choose only because of what this holiday stands for. Now, Memorial Day is a day dedicated to honor those who have lost their lives while serving in the United States Armed Forces. Before we talk about how this came to be, let's clarify the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. You know, while both holidays recognize and honor the sacrifices of countless individuals who served in the U.S. military, Memorial Day specifically honors those who lost their lives in doing so. While Veterans Day honors all who served in the U.S. Armed Forces. And don't get me wrong, like Pastor Allen did already, Any day is a good day to thank a veteran for their service. But that's not the exact intended purpose of this holiday. Memorial Day is the day we honor the ones that we can't walk up to and shake their hand. Memorial Day is the day we honor the ones that have already given the ultimate sacrifice, that they've given all they have, their lives. So... This is a a very important holiday. It's important to recognize how we get our freedoms. So how did this come to be? Well, believe it or not, back in 1866, shortly after the Civil War had ended, there were some private citizens in Waterloo, New York, who came together to honor local veterans who had died during the Civil War. And General John B. Murray stepped in and led it. It became an organized, it became organized as a time for the nation to decorate the graves of those who had lost their life in service to our country. It was actually called Decoration Day in the beginning. Years later, as World War I, World War II came around, It turned into a day of remembrance for all members of the U.S. military who had lost their lives in service to their country. And then fast forward. 
way fast forward, about a hundred years after the first decoration day, President Lyndon B. Johnson, he declared Waterloo, New York as the birthplace of the holiday. That was 1966. And then a few years later, 1971, Congress standardized the holiday as Memorial Day, and they moved the day it's observed to the last Monday in May. And here we are. Someone once said, the American flag doesn't wave proudly just because of the wind, but by the last dying breath of everyone who died in service to our country, who died defending that flag. Does that mean something to you today? So, you know, Pastor and I were talking on the phone the other day, and uh, he asked about the title of this message for the bulletin, and he, uh, I said, the ultimate sacrifice. And he said, the cross? Well, that's what we think of, isn't it? When we hear the ultimate sacrifice, we think of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And uh, maybe you thought the same when you saw that title, the ultimate sacrifice. And uh, some of you may be thinking that now. Why is Brother Greg preaching an Easter message on Memorial Day? That boy's cheese done slid off his cracker. And yeah, I stole that from a movie. But anyway, this message isn't so much about the cross itself as it is about the example that Jesus showed us through the cross. It's more about what he purchased for us by the cross. Amen? How many know here that freedom isn't free? Our freedoms in this country... They come at a very high cost, don't they? The cost of human life. So let's be real here for a minute. You know, for the mother who's faced or maybe is facing raising her kids alone because of the sacrifice her husband made, you know, for that mother, a folded flag, a 21-gun salute, the word hero, you know, they're not that big of a consolation, are they? And you know, I can stand here and I can give my sincere thanks, my heartfelt condolences to everyone who's had to go through that as I stand here enjoying the freedoms that their loved one paid for with their life. You know, that's probably not that much of a help either. So here's the best I can bring today. I come to you today in the love of Jesus. It's the best I can do. And uh, the best way that I can thank you for your loved one's sacrifice is to walk fully in the freedoms that that sacrifice helped provide. Are you with me on that? So, those many freedoms we have in this country, one of the most important to me is the freedom to stand here and to preach the gospel to you today. You know, I was, uh, I was putting this message together the other morning. I think it was Thursday. And uh, I'd been working on it for a couple hours, and it was getting close to time to go to work. And, and I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, sometimes your brain gets in the way. You try to put this scripture in or try to bring up this thought. And, and the Lord just spoke to me loud in my spirit, and he said, 
keep it simple. So I went a little farther, and the same thing happened again. Twice I heard the Lord say, keep it simple. And so, I, okay, Lord, okay, I got you. So I hop in my truck, I head up, heading out for work. I had to stop in Kroger and get some supplies. They opened at 6, it was about 6.15, and I run into this lady who we used to go to church with. And uh, we talked a little bit, and, and hi, good to see you. It's probably been three years since I saw her, and we used to go to church together like eight or nine years ago. And uh, <clears throat> good to see you. We part ways, start to walk off. She says, uh, Greg. I said, yeah. She said, are you still teaching and preaching? I said, yeah. And uh, she said, well, good. And I started to walk off. She said, don't ever stop. I said, okay. She said, you're good at it. I said, thank you. God is good. And I started to walk off. And she said, you know why you're so good at it? I said, why? Because you keep it simple. She read it, didn't she? She said, because you keep it simple. Confirmation. How do you like confirmation? It just lets us know we're in the right place, doesn't it? So guess what we're going to do today? We're going to keep it simple. <clears throat> John 3, verse 16 and 17. And uh, Kaylee's back there. She does such a wonderful job with these scriptures. Just give her a hand right off the bat. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. It's about as simple as it gets right there, isn't it? God loves us. Say it with me. God loves me. So, uh, we're going to keep it simple today, guys. Doesn't get more simple than God's unconditional love for us. God's love for us and the sacrifice He made because of that love brought us freedoms that we couldn't have any other way. Just as our physical freedoms in this world, they came at a very high cost. Well, so do our spiritual freedoms in Christ, right? Jesus came to destroy the enemy, and in doing so, He took away our fear of mortal death. We were just talking about those who have gave their lives, and that takes courage. But through the cross, He took away our fear of mortal death. What do I mean by that? Well, let's just go to Hebrews 2. Let's just go to Hebrews 2 before I go into that. If you're following me in the Bible, I'm trying to give you time to turn there or they're going to be on the screen. So Hebrews 2, we're going to read verses 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, Christ, likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death 
were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Think about what that means for a minute. There's, there's many different things we could look at. My dad, for example, he's 82, fixing to be 83 years old. And unfortunately, the last couple of years, he's been battling cancer. I know many of you, or some of you, have gone through that. He's been battling cancer. He's had surgery after procedure after surgery, and then he's gone through uh, chemotherapy a couple of times. And, you know, I, <clears throat> gratefully, I'm not alone in this. I have a sister, and I have a neighbor of his that helped me. And, and still, over the last few years, I've, uh, I've probably been to 25, 30 doctor visits with him not counting the ones they've been to. One thing consistent, I think he tells me almost every time, Greg, when God's ready for me, I'm ready to go. You know, we have a man right now in our Bible study who uh, just had a major surgery, uh, quadruple bypass. And he's doing great, by the way. God is good, better than expected. Better than expected, his recovery is going. And a couple of weeks ago, he was, uh, it's just he and I in the Bible study room in there, and we're talking about ministry, and all of a sudden he just stops, and he looks at me, and he says, I'm not scared. And then he went back to talking about what he's talking about. We have a peace within us when we know who our Father is. Amen? Are you glad for that today? Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? Right? Oh, death, where is your sting? And when you think about it, you know, that, that's gone. The fear of death is gone when we know our Father, when we know where we're going, when we have a close relationship with Him. It was the life of sin we lived before Christ that had us in bondage. As Pastor Allen said, I wasn't always the new man I am today. You know, bondage to fear controls us. It leads us in what we do. It causes us to do things that we wouldn't otherwise do. Fear keeps us from seeking God. It keeps us from being as close to God as we could be. I should know. I, I lived in fear caused by my sin longer than most. I was 40 years old when I finally gave up my sinful lifestyle and started seeking God on a daily basis. Put that in context, I'm 41 now. <laughs> I'm 57 now. I, I better not lie up here, right? I'm 57 now, and I've experienced freedoms and abilities and God's strength for the last 17 years that uh, I never knew existed. I never knew existed until I started walking with Him. You know, freedom from the fear of death, yes. And another freedom, for me, was a big one, freedom from the bondage of sin. If you've lived under the bondage of sin, or I hope you're not there now, but there is hope. Uh, you know, before God, well, number one, I couldn't be standing up here talking to you. I know it's hard to believe because you get me talking about God now, you can't shut me up. But there was a time 
when, when I, I wouldn't be able to do this. I had extreme fear of speaking to groups. E- even among my family or my friends. You get more than two or three people, I'm, I'm going that way. Or I might just sit there and just listen and never say another word. I had an extreme fear of speaking to groups. And uh, my sin kept me in fear all the time, one way or another. You know, I had the fear that I'd say something wrong. That's what kept me from wanting to speak to groups, is I had a fear that I would say something wrong. I had a fear that someone would find out what I was really like on the inside. Have you ever been there? You know, I'm living that sinful life, and I had that fear that, man, if I say the wrong thing, the gig's up, man. You know, I just had that fear that they were going to find me out. So most of the time, I tried to escape that fear with drugs and alcohol. That's the way to do it, right? No, wrong. You know, it brought more fear. More fear. You know, fear of a DUI. Fear of jail. Fear I'd lose my daughter through the six-year custody battle we went through. And uh, it sounds funny, but I even had a fear that people would find out I lived in fear. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? And that fear right there, it led me to fight at the drop of a hat. You know? Over nothing. And, and, you know, that don't get you. It got me a concussion. I messed up my hand. I ended up in jail. I lost a job because of it one time. I became homeless for a short season. I ruined a number of relationships I had with, with the people who cared about me most in my life. You know, because I, I had that fear. But, man, I sure showed people I wasn't scared, didn't I? When we do it on our own, it just doesn't work out well. You know, fear makes us lie to ourselves. Even. So at 40 years old, <clears throat> I finally got out of that and started seeking God and and man I was on fire God's love changed me drastically and quickly and everyone around begins to notice that not that they accept it but they begin to notice it you know a lot lot of skepticism some accept or receive it immediately but not too many but uh, 1 John let's go to 1 John Chapter 4. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Is that right? When I found that out, when I got that down in me, that the Lord loves me and he's forgiven me, it changed me. It changed me. I I didn't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Remember back in Hebrews, we just read that God has released us from the fear of death. You remember that? We're going to go one scripture farther 
We read 14 and 15. Let's do Hebrews 2, 16, if we could. For indeed, just catch this. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. How many in here are the seed of Abraham? You know, the author of Hebrews calls us the seed of Abraham here. And throughout the New Testament, Paul explains that all believers in Christ are Abraham's seed. Because of that, we are God's children and heirs to the kingdom. The old covenant with Abraham is fulfilled through Jesus Christ and the cross. So look at Hebrews 2.16 again. Let's just expound on this a little bit. We saw it in the New King James Version. God doesn't give aid to angels, but he does give aid to us, the seed of Abraham. In other words, God is there to help us, right? God is there to help us. I I didn't get a very good response on that. Is God there to help us? Amen. 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 He is every second of every day, guys. Every second of every day. He's there. We call on him. God's hand is extended toward us as we receive salvation through Christ. So let's look at Hebrews 2.16 in the Amplified. For as we all know, He, Christ, did not take hold of angels, the fallen angels, to give them a helping and delivering hand. But He does take hold of the fallen descendants of Abraham, extending to them His hand of deliverance. Oh, isn't that... Isn't that awesome? His hand is extended to us as we receive salvation through Jesus Christ. So God's perfect love casts out fear. His hand is extended toward us. So what can't we do when we're trusting, walking, living in Him? Somebody tell me one thing that we cannot do through Christ. I don't see any hands. There's nothing. Philippians 4.13 keeps it real simple in that aspect, doesn't it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's about as simple as it gets right there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You'd have to have someone help you misunderstand that, wouldn't you? That's pretty simple but powerful. What can you do in the strength of Christ? And think about this for a minute. We hadn't mentioned this yet, but for those who gave their lives for this country, it took great courage, didn't it? It takes great courage to do something like that. Jesus tells us in the Gospels, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Courage is the ability to face fear head on and not turn back. To face fear head on and persevere through it. Amen? Jesus showed us that, didn't he? He showed us how to overcome fear. He showed us how to draw our courage from the love of God. Garden of Gethsemane, ring a bell? He showed us how to do that, didn't he? Did Jesus face fear right there? He was in torment. 
He was sweating as if great drops of blood. Yet he didn't give in to that fear. He said, if you can't take this cup from me, then nevertheless, your will be done. Is that right? He didn't give in to that fear. He went through it. He did what he had to do for us. Remember how I told you that uh, people around us, people who know us the best, our close family, our close friends, you know, they take notice when we begin to operate in God's love and overcome fear in our lives. Makes me think about how those who rejected Jesus in his hometown felt when he took back the keys of hell and death, as it says in Revelation 1.18. You know, how did they feel? They were not accepting him. They were rejecting him. Jesus was the sinless man who walked in the Spirit and walked in the love of the Father every day of his life. Is that an example for us to follow? We're never going to be sinless, but we can definitely walk in the Spirit and the love of the Father. And that keeps us going, don't it? And when we do mess up as brothers and sisters, as Christians, we have forgiveness readily available to us when we sincerely confess and repent. 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins. That's part of it, isn't it? So let's try our best to follow his example because it changes things. It changes us when we trust and rely on our Father and we know that he's going to get through. Yeah. And people around us notice that. They see the difference. They see the change in us, don't they? Uh, Gary's been reading my notes, I think, because when he started talking, I'm like, wow, that goes right with it. But I remember the first time my dad saw me preach. It was years ago on a Father's Day. I was speaking on how the unconditional love of Christ flowed through him as he raised me. And believe me, he needed that. But uh, no exaggeration, guys. As I asked him to stand up, you know, there's, I don't know, this many people, maybe a few more in there. And I'm preaching on that, and, and I asked my own dad to stand up. He stood up out of his seat, and I noticed the tears streaming down both sides of his face. He had on a white shirt, and you could just see right through it. It was so soaked. I've never seen my dad like that before or since. Never. And later when we talked, you know, I said, Well, that message got to you, hon. He said, Not really. I'm like, what? He said, it wasn't the message. It was the fact that I looked up there and I saw God working through my son. He said, and I started thinking about that, you know? Operating in God's strength. He saw his son operating in the strength of God. The same son who had to be bailed out of jail. The same son who had physically attacked his father. The same son who had pushed away all those that loved him. The same son who once used drugs and alcohol almost every day of his life. The same son who sometimes couldn't put a full sentence together because he was too messed up. 
the same son who'd worked at a dead-end job for 20-plus years, had three failed businesses under his belt, the same son who disrespected his parents. And my dad said, look at you now. And that got me right there. He said, look at you now. Simple words. You know, if others can see God in us, if others can see God working through us, I think we're in a pretty good place. What do y'all think about that? I think that's where we need to be, where others can see the Lord working through us. Amen? It was uh, kind of early on in our business. I remember talking to my sister on the phone. It was the time when Steph and I, we'd begun walking with God maybe a year or two earlier, and we prayed about it. And This uh, business I had when we came to the Lord, it was about to fail. We prayed about it. He said, step into it. I gave it to you. Keep it going. So we've been building it up, and uh, we went from three machines to, at that time, my sister asked me, how many of those places with vending machines do you have now? And we're on the phone. And uh, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was around 32 or 35 or something at that particular time. But I do remember her exact words. You know, I said, oh, 32 or whatever I said. And I remember her answer exactly. She said, you can't do that. She said, you're not organized enough. (laughs) Here we are about 15 years later. I guess God was organized enough for both of us, wasn't he? (laughs) And don't hold that against my sister because she was right. She was true. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. I already had three businesses I tried that didn't work. But when we gave it to God, when we started walking with Him, things changed. Is that right? If you would, take out those cards that are in your bulletin. And guys, this isn't going to be a real long message today, as you probably guessed. Keep it simple, right? Straight and to the point is what the Lord wants. So this is a two-sided card. I want you to turn it where you're looking at the words that say, Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. If if you don't have one of these, you can write it on a piece of paper. Simply, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. What do I want you to do with that? I want you to write down one thing It comes to your memory. It could be the first thing or something big. I want you to write down one thing that the Lord has done for you in your life that you absolutely positively could not have done on your own. Anybody got some of those? If you're like me, you could could fill this up ten times. But I want you to write down one thing right now. Just one thing. And uh, this is going to help your remembrance of what the Lord has done for you, where He's brought you from. Keep it simple. It can be a couple words. It can be a short sentence. Just keep it simple. It can be a name of someone who God reconciled y'all's relationship. Uh, I just want you to write down one thing that He's done for you that you never, ever could have done by yourself without Him. 
Is anybody relating to this? Anybody have things like that? What we're writing this down for, you know, you can write one word. You know what it is. God knows what it is. It's just a reminder. It's a reminder of how strong God is. When you look back and you see what He brought you from, it's a reminder of how strong God is. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame Him, Him being the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto the death. You catch that? It's a reminder of how strong God is when you give up everything you're clinging to and you start seeking Him and you let Him lead you, let Him guide you, let Him take you where He wants you to be. How many know it works a lot better when you listen to God, you listen for His voice, you ask Him what He wants you to do? That works a lot better when you then uh, when you go to him and you say, I'm going to do this or that, bless me, God. Works a lot better when you're working together, doesn't it? So this is a mind, reminder to look back on. I'm, I'm going to ask you to take these home with you. It's a reminder to look back on, a reminder that we can thank him for. Is thanking God important? What is it, Philippians 4, it says... Uh, be anxious for nothing but everything, by everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> peace overcomes fear. Is that right? Peace overcomes fear. When you are close to the Lord, you know where you're going, you know that whatever you're facing... You might not know how He's going to get you through it, but you know He's going to get you through it. Is that right? That's where that peace that surpasses understanding comes from, and that attracts the world. They look at you and they say, His house just burned down, and He's giving praise to God. What's going on there? Well, you're giving praise to God because your family's okay. You're giving praise to God because you know He's going to bring you out of this better than you were before. Is that right? So it's a reminder we can thank Him for. Now turn your card over. And it should say, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life now. Is God working in anybody's life here today? On this side, I want you to write down one thing. Current. And when I say current, I mean something that you're facing. Maybe you've been putting it off because it's a tough challenge. Something that you, it could be something that you know God's been wanting you to do, but, but you're just dreading it because it's hard. It needs to be something that you absolutely cannot do in your own strength. Something that you must have God's help with to accomplish it. And keep it simple. Again, it, it could be something you're already working on. It could be something you've been putting off, or it could be something just brand new. And if you don't know what that something is, then you're, you're going to take this home and you're going to pray and you're going to ask God about it, aren't you? Ask God for help doing what you can't 
do alone. It's different for everybody. It might be starting a business. It might be selling a business. It might be decreasing a business so you can have more time for ministry. It might be starting a new ministry or ministry project. It might be overcoming an addiction. Might be reestablishing a relationship with someone who you've been separated from. How many know that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation? Is that right? He's reconciled us to Himself and He helps us reconcile our relationships with others. Amen? So, write it down. Keep it simple. Praise team, can you come back up here, please? I'm asking you to do something. You know, it may be overcoming a medical issue. It may be receiving healing in your body. It might be financial restoration. It might be, as was said earlier, reaching a lost loved one, as Yvette said earlier. I'm asking you to do this, but it's your choice. It's your choice, just like you chose to be here today. It's your choice, because we have that freedom in this country, don't we? It's your choice, freedom to choose. But I'm going to tell you something. If any part of this message has inspired you, if God is speaking to you, if you know He is, then don't ignore it. You know, I want you to take this card home. I want you to look at it. I want you to meditate on it. And yes, add to it. I told you to write one thing down. That's so you can pay attention to the rest of the message, right? But uh, as you pray about this, meditate on it. Talk with God about it. It's okay to add to it. I mean, you can get to fill it up both sides and get more cards if you need to. Just let God lead you. I want you to take this card home, look at it, meditate on it, add to it. But what I really want you to do, only if this message has touched you, only if you feel like God has something for you that you can't do on your own. If you feel like you need His help to overcome something, then I want you to make a commitment. I don't want you to do this half-heartedly. If you're going to say you're going to do it and then you crumble it up and throw it in the trash, don't do that. Don't do that. If you're going to make the commitment, then follow through with it. Guess what? He'll help you. Did you know that? So if you want to do this, if you want to commit to God, what you're going to do going to look at what he's done you're going to look at where you're at what you're needing to do what he's wanting you to do you don't have to figure it out you just look at it you trust you believe you know by faith that he's going to take care of it stick it on your refrigerator put it on your mirror when you come here in the mornings keep it in front of your mind but make sure if you make that commitment that you're going to follow through right has everybody got that so if you want to make that commitment stand where you're at right now if you can stand and you want to commit to this you want to commit to trusting God you want to commit to doing something that only God can help you do then stand up right now we're going to pray a corporate prayer if you can't stand that's fine stand in your spirit 
we're going to pray a corporate prayer here in a minute. If you've written down what's going on, what you're going to do, then, then hold that with you while we pray. And I'll try not to slap the microphone again. I believe God is changing lives today. How many of you believe that with me? How many believe He's going to change lives today? If God has used me to motivate you in the least, then uh, that's my part. That's why I'm here today. Your part is the follow-through. Your part is walking in this. Your part is doing what He wants you to do. Is that always easy? Is it always easy to do what you can't see the end of? It's not. But God's love can get you through it, can it? Jude 20 says, keep yourselves built up in the love of God. So if you start getting a little discouraged, just build yourself up in God's love. I'm going to pray a corporate prayer here. And uh, I'm going to pray a corporate hair, prayer here in a minute based on 1 John 5.14. 1 John 5.14 tells us, now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. How many believe that today? Say amen if you believe that today. Oh, 
thank you that you're our everlasting Father. You're our Prince of Peace. You're the wonderful Counselor. The government is on your shoulder and you're here with us. Lord, we thank you that you are love. We thank you, Lord, for the word we heard about freedom from fear, freedom from the fear of death, freedom from the bondage of sin, and freedom to love. Lord, you are love. Love is not you, but you are love. Lord, use us this holiday. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Use us, Lord, to express your love. May your love find its destination through us. That's what ministry is. Lord, may your love find its destination through us, through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. God bless you.